Bible this morning, please take it out and go over to the Gospel of Luke. Go to Luke chapter 2, please. Luke chapter 2. It's so good to see you this morning. It's good to be together, to worship God, to study, to grow. I'm so happy to see all of you this morning. One of the things I hope you have noticed while reading the four Gospels this year in your Bible reading is the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are not biographies. They are not biographies of Jesus' life. In other words, they do not give us details regarding every aspect of Jesus' life. Instead, what they do is they tell us about key events in his life. They tell us about significant events in his life, particularly significant events that took place in the last three years of his life, from the time he was 30 until about the time he was 33. The last three years of Jesus' life are what the Gospels primarily focus on. And since that is the case, I guess an interesting question for us to ask this morning is what was Jesus like before then? What was he like as a child? What was he like as a boy? What was he like even as a teenager like? our teenagers that are sitting over here this morning. What was Jesus like as a boy? Well, you know, even though the Gospels do not give us a lot of details concerning the early years of the Lord, believe it or not, we, we do have some information about it. We do have a, a small glimpse into the childhood of Jesus. The Holy Spirit actually gives us a snapshot into the early years of Christ right here in the Gospel of Luke. Are you in Luke chapter 2? I'm going to start reading with verse number 41. It's the third Sunday of the month. And on the third Sunday of the month, what I like to do is preach a lesson that is specifically targeted at our young people and encouraging our young people, helping them in their faith and, and continuing to grow in the Lord. Also want to use this lesson to keep us focused on our theme this year of experiencing the fullness of Christ, learning more about Jesus, growing closer to Jesus, growing more in our understanding of Jesus. In this particular lesson, I want to knock out two birds with one stone. I want to teach a lesson designed to encourage the young people and keep us all focused on our theme this year about Jesus. And so, are you in Luke chapter 2? Look at verse number 41. In verse number 41, the Bible says, Now his parents, these are the parents of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast, and as they were returning, after spending the full number of days the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. 
When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Some of your translations say that you not know I had to be about my father's business, for they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And when he came down with them, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and continued in subjection to them. Notice how Jesus, Jesus, even as the son of God, was in subjection to his parents. He obeyed his parents. He obeyed and respected Mary and Joseph. He was in subjection to them, and his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Notice carefully what the Holy Spirit gives us a snapshot of here in these verses. You see it? Notice how here in these verses we get a glimpse or a snapshot into the childhood of Jesus. Here we read about Jesus as a boy. We read about him as a child. We read about him when he was 12 years old. The Bible says that when Jesus was 12 years old, he and his family traveled to Jerusalem to keep the feast of the Passover. And as they were making their way back home to Nazareth, his parents realized something that no parent wants to realize when they take a trip with their kids, and that is their child was missing. Jesus was lost. Jesus had some kind of way got separated from the family. Mary and Joseph actually lost Jesus. And for all the parents in the room this morning, let me just ask you, has that ever happened to you before? You ever lost your kids? You ever got separated from your kids at Walmart or Fry's or at a ball game? You ever found yourself being somewhere and being completely clueless as to where your kids were for a time? That ever happened to you before? Well, if that's happened to you before, I want you to know something. Mary and Joseph can relate to you. Mary and Joseph lost Jesus when they were returning home from Jerusalem. And the really weird and frightening thing about that is they didn't even realize he was lost until a full day had gone by. It was 24 hours later until they realized that their son was missing. And someone says, how in the world is that possible? Well, that's possible my friends, because we got to understand that during this time, during the time of the first century, it was not uncommon for Jewish families, like the family of Jesus, to travel places in caravans. It was not uncommon for them to travel in large groups or huge entourages. They did that for the purpose of security. They did that for their safety. They did that for protection against robbers. You see, like many Jewish families at this time, 
Jesus and his family are traveling in a large group to and from Jerusalem. In fact, this group is so large that his parents on the way back home, they thought he was with somebody else in the family. The Bible says they thought he was with a relative. Maybe he was with a grandparent or a cousin or an aunt or an uncle. It wasn't until a full day went by until they realized that Jesus wasn't with anybody in the family. He was, he was lost. They lost Jesus on the way back home. And when they finally found him in the temple, listening to the teachers and asking them questions, his mother, like any mother would have been, she was, Mary was a little upset. Mary was a little stressed out. Mary told him that for the last few days, they had been anxiously searching for him, and the Lord responded to her by saying that she should have known where he was because he had to be about his father's business. She should have known that he would have been in the temple with the teachers, doing the work of God because he was sent here to do the will of his heavenly father. That's what Jesus says in verse number 49 to his mother. But the main verse I want to focus on this morning is verse number 52. Look at verse 52. I got to tell you, I really like verse 52. I really like verse 52 of this section because I think it gives us a great summary of the childhood of Jesus. I think it gives us a great summary of how Jesus was as a young person. I think it shows us exactly how Jesus conducted himself in the days of his youth. And it sets a very high standard for any young person when it comes to your desire to serve Jesus today. And so let's consider that, consider that together this morning. This morning, let's consider what we learn about Jesus the boy in Luke 2 and verse number 52. And the first thing I want you to notice is this. What was Jesus like as a boy? Well, according to what this verse says, when Jesus was a young person, when he was just a boy, he grew in his stature. And then what the verse says, it says Jesus increased or he grew in his stature. Question, what does that mean? What does the Bible mean when it says that Jesus grew in stature? Well, when the Bible says that Jesus grew in stature, it means that Jesus grew physically. It means that Jesus grew in his body. It means that Jesus transformed over time from having a boy-like body to having a man's body. He grew in his body. That's what Jesus did as a young person. And the fact of the matter is, isn't that what every young person is supposed to do? I mean, as each year goes by and as much as we as parents don't like it, if you're a young person, if you're in elementary school or junior high or high school, you're supposed to be doing like Jesus. You're supposed to be growing up. You're supposed to be maturing. You're supposed to be growing in your stature. You are not supposed to stay looking like a child 
or even a teenager forever. Unless you die very young, you're supposed to grow up. You're supposed to grow in your stature. You're supposed to transform from having a, a, a young and boy-like or girl-like body to having an adult body. You're supposed to transform in your body. That's just a fact of life. That's how God ordained things. That's how God designed things to be. Jesus grew in his body. And you're going to grow in your body as well. The question is, will you take care of your body? Will you use your body, your physical body, to do things to the glory of God? Or will you defile your body? Will you hurt your body? Will you destroy your body? Will you destroy your body with alcohol? Will you destroy your body with drugs? Will you destroy your body with cocaine and heroin and marijuana? Will you destroy your body with gluttony? Will you destroy your body with sex outside of marriage? Will you destroy your body doing things that is clearly contrary to the will of God? Or will you use your body to do what God intended it to do, and that is to glorify him? I want you to go in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, please. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In 1 Corinthians 6, Paul talks about the human body. He talks about the human body in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul uses the word body a couple of different times in 1 Corinthians. We're going to start reading 1 Corinthians this week in our Bible reading. Now in 1 Corinthians 3, when Paul talks about the body there, he's talking about the Lord's body, the church, the spiritual body of Christ. But in 1 Corinthians 6, he's using the word body in a different way. Here in 1 Corinthians 6, he's not using the word body to talk about the church. Instead, he's using the word body to talk about this body right here, the physical body. And he says in verse number 18, verse 18, flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, the physical body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Verse 19, or do you not know that's your body? That is your physical body. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you're not your own. You are not your own, for you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Notice how Paul says that when it comes to our physical bodies, these physical bodies don't belong to us. No matter what people say today when they say over and over again, this is my body and I can do whatever I want with it. No, sir, no, ma'am. According to the Bible, our physical bodies do not belong to us. Instead, they belong to God. They be belong to the creator. You see, since God is the one who created our bodies, then that means he owns our bodies. That means our bodies belong to him. That means he's given us a stewardship over our bodies and he expects us to use our bodies to accomplish his will, to do his purposes, to glorify him in every aspect of life. That's why God gave us our bodies. And so will you glorify God in your body as you continue to grow in it? Jesus certainly did that. Jesus had a, an earthly body. 
And he grew in that body. He grew in his stature, but not only did he grow in his stature, a second thing he also did is he grew in his wisdom. Do you see that also in the verse? The Bible says that Jesus grew or increased in his wisdom. Question, what does that mean? What does it mean that Jesus grew in his wisdom? Well, that means that in addition to growing physically, Jesus also grew mentally. Jesus also grew in his judgment. Jesus also grew in his discernment. And someone says, how in the world is that possible? I mean, how, is it, how in the world is it possible that Jesus grew in his wisdom? I thought he was God. I thought he was deity. How in the world is it possible for him to grow in wisdom? Well, you're right when you suggest that when Jesus was on the earth, he was God. He was deity, but in addition to being God or deity, we also got to understand that Jesus was a man, right? He was fully God, and he was fully man at the same time. Being a man means that he had the same qualities as us. He had human qualities. In addition to growing physically like us, he also had to grow mentally. He had to grow in his judgment. He had to grow in his discernment. This is something that is so important for us to know that Luke actually mentions it twice in the same chapter. Go back to Luke chapter 2. Look in Luke chapter 2 again. This is so important that Luke says, I'm going to tell it to you twice. Luke 2 Remember in verse 52, it says Jesus grew in wisdom. He grew in wisdom. And in verse number 40 of the same chapter, after telling us that Jesus and his family settled in Nazareth, it says the child, the child, there's a reference to Jesus. He continued to grow and become strong, increasing in what? Increasing in wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. Jesus increased in his wisdom. Jesus matured in, in his life. If you were to follow Jesus in the first century, you wouldn't find him being 16 years old, acting like a 12-year-old. You wouldn't find him being a 12-year-old, acting like a 5-year-old. You wouldn't find him being a 25-year-old, acting like a 20-year-old. Jesus matured in his life. Jesus always made sure he acted his age. He grew smarter and wiser each and every year of his life. He grew in his wisdom. He grew in his maturity. The question is, how do we do that? How do we grow in our wisdom like Jesus? Well, one way, young people, that you can grow in your wisdom and knowledge like Jesus is through education. Oh, yeah, education can help you. When you go to school and you learn and you pay attention to your teachers and you study and work hard, when you do that kind of stuff each and every day, you know what's happening to you? You're growing in your knowledge. You're growing in your understanding. You're understanding better how the world works. You can grow in wisdom through education. And you can also grow in wisdom by learning from your past mistakes. You can also grow... In wisdom through hard knocks by making sure that 
You're not the kind of person who's making the same old mistakes over and over again. The person who makes the same mistakes over and over again is a fool. So you can grow in wisdom by making sure you avoid the same mistakes. And you can also grow in wisdom by listening to wise counsel. By listening to older and mature and seasoned folks who've lived a long life and they've learned from their mistakes. They've made a lot of mistakes. They've learned from those mistakes. You can learn by listening to people like your parents and the elders of this church and your grandparents and other seasoned disciples in this congregation. Listening to their counsel, that's one way you can, you can grow in your wisdom. But you know the number one way you grow in your wisdom? The number one way you grow in your wisdom is by making sure every single day you pick up this book and read it. Every single day you need to pick up this book and you need to read it. Even if you just read that one chapter a day from the Bible reading. You see, when you pick up your Bible every day and read it, you're getting wisdom from the best source there is. And that is God. That is the creator. That is the one who knows everything about everything, and he loves you, and he'll never steer you in the wrong direction. Jesus grew in his wisdom. We need to grow in our wisdom, particularly by making sure we study his word. But not only did Jesus grow in stature and wisdom, the third thing this verse also says is he grew in favor with men. He grew in favor with men. What an interesting statement. What does that mean? What does it mean that Jesus grew in favor with men? Well, when the Bible says that Jesus grew in favor with men, what it means is that Jesus grew socially. He grew socially. In fact, the word favor that Luke uses here in the text is a word that means graciousness. Graciousness. It means that when Jesus interacted with people in the first century, he was a very gracious person. He was nice. He was polite. He was respectful and he was respected. He had a positive attitude. He was well liked by the people in his community. He wasn't someone who was disrespectful to older, older people. He wasn't snobbish. He wasn't arrogant. He wasn't a jerk. He didn't turn his nose up at people. He wasn't someone unpleasant to be around. He was a good person. He was a genuinely good person. He was a likable person. He grew in favor with men. The question is, what about us? Are we growing in favor with men? Are we like Jesus when it comes to this, like Jesus, when people in our community look at us? Even if they don't agree with us religiously, can they at least say, hey, those are some good people right there? Are we good people? Are we striving to be the kind of people that the other folks in our community, they, they want to be around us? Are we striving to be polite and respectful and courteous? Are we striving to have positive attitudes and, and optimistic spirits? Are we striving to be gentle? 
Are we striving to be the kind of people who are easy to get along with? Or are we the kind of people who are always like a bull in a china shop? Are we always being argumentative? Are we always looking to disagree with somebody? Are we always looking to start trouble? Are we the kind of people who we got to be right about everything we suggest? Are we bullies? Are we the kind of people who are always saying things intentionally to hurt other people's feelings? Are we rude? Are we inconsiderate? If we are any of those things, we need to understand that we're not being like Jesus. Jesus was a, a good person. He was a likable person. He was someone who grew in favor with men, but not only did he grow in favor with men, most importantly, he grew in favor with God. He grew in favor with God. Don't misunderstand what that language means when it says that Jesus grew in favor with God, okay? When the Bible says that Jesus grew in favor with God, that's a reference to the Heavenly Father. When the Bible says that, it does not mean, nor is it implying that there was a time when Jesus was ever out of favor with God the Father. I mean, I hope we all understand that when the Lord was on this earth 2,000 years ago, he lived a perfect life. He was sinless. He was perfectly holy. There was never a time in the 33 years he was on this earth where God the Father was dissatisfied with him. This part of the verse is not implying that there was ever a time when Jesus did not have favor with his father. Instead, what this means is even though Jesus was the son of God, even though he was deity, even though he was perfectly holy, he never became content and stagnant in his relationship with his father. Even though he was perfectly holy and sinless, he always grew spiritually. He always constantly did what was necessary to nurture and take his relationship with God to the next level. That's what Jesus did. And I think it's safe to say that if Jesus did that, if the perfect and sinless son of God dedicated himself to growing in favor with his heavenly father, then we certainly should as well, right? Oh, yes, we certainly should as well. If Jesus, someone who was perfect, did that, I want you to go in your Bible and just look at a few verses that give us this admonition. I mean, they're all over the place. I just want to give you three different verses, three different passages. We go to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. We go to 2 Peter chapter 1. We look at verse number 5, 2 Peter 1 and verse 5. Peter says, now, for this very reason, also applying all diligence, work hard, be committed to doing this in your faith, supply moral excellence or virtue. And in your moral excellence, knowledge and in your knowledge, self-control and in your self-control, perseverance and in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. Verse 8, for if these qualities are yours and, and are increasing, you're trying to grow in these qualities every single day. If you are increasing in these things, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to go now to Ephesians chapter 4. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Ephesians 4, verse 15. Paul says, but speaking the truth in love. We speak the truth in love. We are to grow up. Notice, we got to grow up. We got to grow up spiritually. We ought to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. I noticed the idea, again, the idea of growing up, growing up in Christ. One more place. Look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Turn over a couple of books to Colossians chapter 1, verse number 10. Colossians 1 and verse 10. Paul says, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. Not just in some respects, in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work. And here it is again, increasing. Notice that. Growing, increasing in the knowledge of God. You see the point? You see how over and over again the Bible says that as Christians, I don't care how long we've been Christians, we need to always be growing. We need to always be increasing. We need to always be striving to bear more and more fruit for God the Father. We must never become stagnant in our walk with Christ. We must never become complacent in our walk with Christ. Instead of becoming complacent and stagnant in our walk with Christ, every single day we got to be growing. Every single day we got to be increasing spiritually. We got to be increasing in our, in our knowledge of the Bible. We got to be increasing in our prayer life. We got to be increasing in our patience and in our prayers and our obedience and trust. We got to be increasing in our desire to put God and his will above anything else in our lives. As long as we live on this earth, we have to be increasing in our favor with God. Let me tell you something. Listen carefully, young people. Listen carefully to me. If you don't grow and increase in favor with God, then I don't care what accomplishments you may gain in this life. I don't care how good your grades may be, how well you excel in a sport. I don't care if you graduate valedictorian or salutatorian. I don't care if you get three or four PhDs. I don't care if you get the highest paying job there is out there. If you don't increase in favor with God, no matter what you accomplish in this life, you will never truly be successful. You will never truly be successful in the eyes of God. Jesus, Jesus grew in favor with God. He increased in his wisdom, his stature. And in favor with God and men. That, in a nutshell, is the childhood of Jesus. Unless we think these principles are only useful for our young people this morning, let me suggest that that is just wrong. This has not just been a lesson for young people. These things are not just for young people. You see, in addition to our young people, these qualities we've talked about this morning are qualities we all need to be increasing in. Wouldn't you agree? I need to be increasing in these things. You need to be increasing in these things. I don't care how long we've been Christians. We all need to be increasing in these things every single day. 
The only exception may be the stature part. Some of us are past that, but the other things we need to be increasing in. Since the time Jesus was a boy, he strived to be a perfect model of righteousness. And the question is, are you following Jesus? Are you following the one who from the time he was a child, he was totally committed to doing the will of God? If there's someone here this morning and you need to give your life to Jesus for the first time, I want you to know that it will be our pleasure, our pleasure to help you do that. Whether it is respond to his gospel for the first time through faith and repentance and baptism, or if you need to come back to God on this day because you've wandered away from the fold, whatever we need to do to help you in your relationship with God and to increase and grow in that relationship, we'll be more than happy to help you with it right here and right now. Let's stand. Let's sing together.